0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Tech Weekly on City AM, a podcast dedicated to exploring some of the latest in the world of tech, crypto, fintech, and beyond. I'm Nassim Silva, and today, as usual, I'm joined by Lily Russell Jones, our crypto reporter, and Charlie Conchi, our investment reporter. So, jumping right in, Lily, we've seen another big crypto VC fund opening this week.
1: That's right. So this week we heard news that the co-founder of Reddit, Alexis Ohanian, has raised $500 million for crypto projects through his VC fund, 776 Management. Mm. So he only started this fund up a year ago and already assets under management are at $750 million. He responded actually to the article that was written about this for City AM on Twitter and said the job's not finished. Um, So I think that signals that this is just the start for 776. And it's also reflective of a broader trend that we're seeing in crypto at the moment, which is just that VC investors are pouring money into this space. Mm. So in 2021, we saw $31 billion worth of capital poured into crypto projects. That's more than the 10 previous years combined. Mm. Um, And it shows no sign of stopping in 2022. Mm. Some of the biggest funds which have opened up so far this year come from established players within the crypto space itself. So Crypto Exchange FTX has set up a $2 billion fund. Uh, Crypto.com, which I spoke with this week, has grown their investment arm to 500 million. And Androsine Horowitz, which is a Silicon Valley investor which got into projects like Facebook early, has plans for crypto funds worth 4.5 billion.
0: And what's behind this trend? Why more? Why more people investing?
1: So I think it's driven by this huge kind of explosion in the crypto space that we saw last year. Um, So according to Crypto.com, if you just look at adoption, Mm -hmm. we went from 100 million crypto owners globally at the start of 2021 to 300 million now. And the other point, I think, is that the returns that we've seen on these crypto projects are just unbelievable. So OpenSea, the world's largest NFT marketplace, uh, was set up in 2017 when the concept of an NFT was relatively unheard of. Now it stands at 13 billion dollars.
2: Is there? A sort of converse to that as well is there a, a huge amount of businesses that are you know quite speculatively starting this space that a lot of capital sloshing around is there a sort of very high failure rate as well
1: so that used to be a problem and that's actually been something that's put vc investors off in the past so in 2017 to 2018 there was this thing called the ico boom in crypto where you had hundreds of new initial coin offerings for projects promising to be the next big thing, but I think 80% of them failed um or turned out to be scams so it's not it's not a great starting point for VC investors but what we've seen this year is that the business models are maturing like we've got a lot more high quality projects in the space and I think VC investors do feel more confident putting their money in now
0: So then is the current bear market having a tangible impact on investment at the moment
1: Well apparently not um Bitcoin mm. is trading at around six thirty-six thousand five hundred dollars today, so it shaved more than 40% off its value following the peak of above 69000 in November. Mm. Um, but analysts at places like Morgan Stanley have said that this downtrend is within historical norms for Bitcoin, so rather than it being a sign of anything sinister, like these big swings are part of what you get yourself into. <laughs> <laughs> um, and John Russell, who I spoke to at Crypto.com, he's a Partner at crypto.com capital, the Mm. VC kind of side of the business, told me that the company is more interested in the potential long term for Web3 technology and crypto. And so they're not that concerned with month to month market movements. So this is really an investment in where they see the future of tech and the future of the industry going. Mm. Um, Something he talked about with Web3 is that he thinks it's going to transform the internet over the next decade. Um, Web3 being the set of applications and web services. Which are going to use distributed ledger technology to move away from the centralized structure of web 2 mm. which we have at the moment and it's dominated by tech giants like facebook google and amazon um so what he's basically saying there is that to crypto investors um projects in this space have seen like the next upcoming premium kind of tech stock
2: mm. yeah so what does this booming investment tell us about crypto assets
1: I think it tells us that the market's becoming more sophisticated. So we're seeing more high quality projects, maturing business models, growth potential, which is recognised by investors. And we're also seeing institutional and retail adoption, which is making it hard for VC investors to ignore this space.
0: So Charlie, the government's been holding meetings with tech leaders this week. What's been going on there?
2: Yes. So I have been looking into a meeting that took place in Downing Street this week uh, between government and tech bosses, which essentially was a discussion really of how the UK can become a more attractive place for tech businesses to go public. Mm. Um, it was a, a kind of really you know high profile guest list of, of tech bosses. We had ClearScore there, a credit scoring provider, Checkout.com were there, Klarna, B were there who listed last year and were kind of showcasing themselves as a a successful business that has listed in the UK. um, Mm. Oxford Nanopore, similarly. Um, Interesting, we're told that Lord Hill was on the call who undertook a big review of the UK's listing rules last year, as was Ron Khalifa, who led the kind of major review of the fintech sector last year. Uh, The Mm. Prime Minister strangely had to pull out at the last minute for some reason something about a report and other parties (laughs) in Downing Street. Um, But we are told, yeah, the discussion did press ahead without him.
0: So what what were they What were they primarily
2: talking about? So government was very much in listening mode. I'm told they were there to kind of hear from the tech businesses about what measures could be play, put in place to make the UK more appealing to go public. In um, mm. there was a big review of, of UK listing rules last year, um, and it sort of focused on the mechanics of coming to market. So some of the measures that came out of that were things like dual class share structures, which essentially allowed founders to retain more control of their businesses mm. after they go public. Mm. Um, so that was introduced in November. This was slightly more of a long-term discussion is my understanding. So looking at how regulation can kind of tempt businesses and support businesses in the five to 10 years after they go public. Mm. Um, so some tech founders and investors have expressed a bit of anxiety about London's kind of efforts to project itself as this home for tech listings. Um, some of the the recent Uh, tech IPOs have not gone particularly swimmingly. THG, which we've been writing about a lot recently, has seen its share price slide sort of 85% since it went public. Deliveroo's had a bit of a bumpy ride as well. Mm. Um, So I think this part of the reason they had this meeting was to kind of um, settle some of those concerns and start um, listening to tech businesses and, and creating a bit more of a a welcoming and supportive environment regulation wise in the five sort of years after they do list. And so
1: what do you think has been putting off companies from listing in London? Do you think it's regulation or something to do with the pandemic?
2: So the reason I think we had the Hill review last year, the fintech um, review by Ron Khalifa last year and now this sort of looking ahead to how else there could be a regulatory overhaul is because we do have that bit more freedom post-Brexit. And I think one of the reasons um, government is putting so much emphasis on these rules is it does want to project London as a a global city beyond Brexit, somewhere that tech businesses can have their headquarters. Mm. Um, So it's all part of a global Britain vision, I think, um, loosening these rules and, and sort of listening to tech businesses about how they can make it as attractive as possible.
0: And so what measures might be put in place after the meeting?
2: There are a number of different uh, sort of strategies and mechanisms that were being discussed on the call, uh, one of which was a mandatory opportunities for individual investors to participate in IPOs. Uh-huh. Um, there was also discussion around a loosening of restrictions on the way that analysts are able to research listed companies. There are currently rules on that that were introduced in 2018, which are thinking of being loosened slightly, uh-huh. um, which would sort of encourage investors to invest in firms which aren't normally covered. Um, There's also discussion of targeted tax incentives. Um, So this would really mirror what um, government has done with the Enterprise Investment Scheme, which allows investors to claim tax relief on investments into smaller startups. Mm. Um, And ministers are quite keen to sort of replicate that success in listed businesses as well. One other element of the discussion as well was that tech bosses are quite keen to activate one of the recommendations of Lord Hill's review of the listing regime last year, Mm. um, which would essentially see the Chancellor present a kind of review, a big annual report um, to Parliament on the state of the city um, and outline some of the steps that government had taken that year to promote the attractiveness of the UK as a global financial centre. So that could be something that we see this year, uh, introduced this year as well.
0: So Lily, I saw that Justin Bieber bought a Bored Ape NFT and uh, I've noticed that a lot of celebrities have been doing the same. Uh, Why have they been doing this?
1: So this week, Justin Bieber paid 500 ETH, which is equivalent to almost a million pounds for a Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT. Mm. Um, For anyone unfamiliar with the project, it's basically a collection of 10,000 unique cartoon images of apes, Mm. um, which started off as relatively obscure, but now they've become kind of a massive status symbol. So people like Paris Hilton, Justin Bieber and Jimmy Fallon have all bought in. Mm. Um, The reason that people are talking about Justin Bieber's purchase this week is because he paid around 500 ETH for an image um, so about almost a million pounds Mm. when the floor price is 99 ETH so around 185,000 and normally when people buy a board eight for top dollar like this um, they're expected to have rarer features so Every single image is different. Some of them have things like laser eyes, gold fur, sunglasses, which can push up the value. This one was a plain image of an ape in a t-shirt and he paid well over market value for it. So people (laughs) were very surprised.
0: (laughs) And why has there been such a a fuss about Bored Ape? What's, What's special about them and why are people buying them?
1: Yeah, it's a valid question. Um, With NFTs, you're buying a JPEG along with a digital receipt Mm -hmm. um, verified on the blockchain to say that it's yours and only yours. Um, But with Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, you also get access to things like exclusive events and it's become a members club, essentially. Um, And now that celebrities are getting in on it, there's a huge amount of prestige attached for people, which is why they want to buy it. It's essentially a fashion fad. So on Twitter last week, they've introduced an NFT function to display your Mm. profile pictures. Um, And if you've got NFTs, you get a special shape um, and you get information about your NFT kind of put on your profile. Um, And a lot of these celebrities, DJ Khaled, Post Malone, Jimmy Fallon, Justin Bieber, are putting these pictures on their social media um, to display that they've got them. And if you look at um, Justin Bieber's NFT account on OpenSea, you'll see that he has 1.6 thousand NFTs now. So he's obviously big <sighs> into this and he's collecting them.
0: So are NFTs a bit of a fashion fad or do you reckon there is actually long-term value in them?
1: So interestingly, uh, news has just come out that the Board Ape Yacht Club is in talks with investment heavyweight Andristine Horowitz because mm. it's reportedly thinking of selling a multi-million dollar stake to raise some capital. Mm. Um, the funding round could lead to a valuation of the project, which is between four and five billion dollars, according to the FT. So obviously, some investors think that there's a lot of growth potential in this project. Um, on the other hand, we've heard some sort of not so positive things about NFTs, and they are based on very like speculative value. Um, So Coinbase founder Fred Ursham drew parallels with the rise of cryptocurrencies and the dot com boom of the 1990s. And he said that he thinks that 90% of NFTs produced will have little or no value in three to five years.
0: Okay, that's about all we have time for today. Thanks to Lily and Charlie for their interesting stories as usual. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening to our podcast. We really hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you all next week. Bye for now.